the more the better. Once again, because it comes back to the habit and you get in a good habit of saving. And so at the very, very least, I don't know if hospitals do a 401k match or a 403b match anymore. At the very least, you have to do the match. Even if you're aggressively paying on your student loans, you need to do at least the match. Well, let's say it's 3%, at least put in 3% to get that essentially free money from the company. Now, as far as the plan goes, that's kind of a a little bit of a personal question because you can do your traditional pre-tax types of retirement plans. You can also do the the Roth or the after-tax or the tax-free types of retirement plans. They all have their pros and cons. And so you kind of have to evaluate, well, what's my income now? What's it going to be like 30 years from now, 40 years from now when I start withdrawing on these accounts? And then also there's an element of the unknown. We don't know what tax rates are going to be when we finally do retire. And so you can err on the side of caution and say, I just don't want to worry about it. I'm going to put everything towards. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, everyone. This is Sabrina here for another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have another exciting guest with us. He is Merce Tariq. And he and I catch up a little bit while ago. And he is a certified financial planner, a partner at Peace of the Mind wellness management with over a decade of expertise in retirement planning. Uh, Mercy is dedicated to help clients pursue their ideal retirement. And he is an author as well as co-host of the Secure Your Retirement Show. And he also speaks on investing with risk management, income planning, and tax planning for your retirement. I feel like healthcare professional, we're really good at just doing our work. And because of the type of work that we do, we also know we can earn pretty decent amount of income. But what does that mean to have financial intelligence, have wealth? Is that just mean we have enough to spend now? What about once we start going to our later um, years of life, once you have kids and even those who don't have kids, how do you kind of afford your own life once we retire? Could be many years down the road, but we can be better prepared even now. So I'm so excited for us to be here with us today. Hi, please uh, say hi to our audience and introduce more of yourself. I know I don't do any good justice. (laughs) Sabrina, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, again, my name is Merce Tariq. I'm a certified financial planner. Our firm is based in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we're pretty much working with someone that is close to retirement. We kind of define that as 
about 10 years out of retirement or already retired. And so our whole process is you work and you are accumulating assets. And you know, at some point you're like, well, I've got some assets. Now what do I do next? How do I make sure this whole retirement phase goes the way that I had dreamed about when I was a kid? And so we we kind of work through that whole process. We're very holistic in our approach. So we don't just take the investments and make you go do the rest. We take the investments, we handle the retirement in- income plan, uh, we handle tax strategy, and we also make sure that if there's anything left over at the end of the day, it's going to transfer over to the next generation as efficiently as possible. So there's a lot that goes into retirement planning. I know the majority of your listeners are doctors or in the medical field. And so I think there's a lot to talk about there that I'm sure we will throughout this episode. Yes, for sure. We are just at the place that we just know the doing part really well. But how do we have that financial intelligence go further? And I would love to even for you to share a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this field specifically and get connected to this mission of yours? Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone has their their aha moment that leads them to where they are today. I think, you know, for doctors, I think you're exposed to multiple different areas of medicine. And then I think maybe one just kind of clicks with you and you say, all right, well, I'm going to make that my uh, specialty or my specific place that I like being in. And, and so for me, it was, well, I knew finance is where I wanted to be. Whether And when I went, when I went into college, I said, well, let me just take the finance degree, then I'll figure it out what I want to do, whether it's going into corporate finance, whether it's going into investments or investment banking or retail banking. I had no idea essentially, but then I took one class, one elective class that I just happened to decide I wanted to take, you know, in another life, I maybe didn't take that class and I didn't end up where I am today, but I took one class and it was an introduction to personal finance. And basically in that class, I learned about investing. I learned about 401ks and IRAs and the importance of budgeting and all these different things. And it, you know, and I learned about this thing called a CFP, a certified financial planner. So from there I graduated and I said, well, I like this concept. I'm good with numbers. And all of this really jived really well with me. So I got a job at a bank for a little bit and corporate bank and you know decided that that wasn't really the route for me. But at the same time, I was also taking the education requirements to get my CFP. And so that kind of snowballed. I got my CFP. I've been working at the firm I'm at now. I'm a partner here, but I've been at the firm for about 10 years. So it's just amazing how one little thing can kind of shape your pathway. And for me, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I know it. I know it for sure. That's amazing. I love it when people just like, hey, I know this is what I enjoy doing. There's a progression on how I got here. And I see how I can sustain this way and continue to grow and help people. And that's the exact impact, right? That clarity. So how can we have those type of clarity when it comes to our own finance and wealth as we transition from just like a practitioner, right? doesn't matter what type of physician or PA and P owning your own practice, or even those who are working for big organizations, how can we transition? And what is the first thing we need to even start thinking of? Yeah. And so we have, I have a lot of personal friends that are in the, in the medical field and I have, we have clients that are in the medical field as well. And from my friend's side, I always get the question of what should I be doing first? Cause you know, you kind of, you get through the schooling, which takes a while. And then then you get through residency or whatever that phase is where you're not, you're just barely making ends meet. And then all of a sudden 
something happens and now you're making the income that you really wanted when you decided to become a medical professional. I know helping people is part of the decision as well, but it does come with an income. So there's really two routes that you can take once you start making that that nicer income. And this is really applies to any person that makes that transition into a higher paying job as well. You can get really excited about the money and start spending the money, or you can get really excited about the potential of this money and start planning for how you're going to allocate this money. And I see it both ways. You know, Sometimes you get that big paying job. First thing you want to do is go out and buy that nice car or go put the down payment on that really big house or you know, treat yourself in different ways, which I think is fine. I think it's okay to celebrate the little things here and there, but the issue with that at times can be is you get in the habit of doing that and you don't really allocate properly as to what you should. And all of a sudden, maybe you're making $150,000, $200,000 a year, but 90% of that income is now going to all of your expenses because you bought a car that's really expensive. You bought a house that's really expensive. And that's two of the major, major things that anyone buys. And if that's going to take up the majority of your income, well, now now there's issues. Now you haven't really allocated anything towards saving. Doctors and medical professionals have the ability to accumulate so much wealth if they start out on the right path, which is essentially, in my mind, starting out on the right path is just creating good saving habits. So easy way to do that is maxing out your 401k from the beginning or 403b, whatever your company provides for you. If you max that out from the beginning, well, then you don't really know what that money ever was. It's there. It never comes into your pocket, never even makes it to the paycheck. It just comes straight out and goes into that account. And now here's what you have to live off of. And you get in the habit of working with that money. But it's very difficult to go backwards and say, all right, now I'm 35, now I'm 40, and I have this lifestyle built. And now I'm going to take that lifestyle back so I can start saving. Very, very difficult to build that new habit once you have a lifestyle established that's a little bit more expensive. Exactly. It's hard to cut back. If we already live into certain standard, just like how we work, we are so hard on ourselves. We always push for excellence. So the amount of hours of devotion we have into our work is hard for us to just take a chill pill, right? Like you allow yourself to take a step back. Same thing. If you're already living in such a high standard of lifestyle, how are you actually adjusting, right? In our brain, the fight, fly, and freeze. So if you always going to chase the pleasure part, then we won't want to cut back on our spending unless we got hit on the head. It's like, wow, you actually going paycheck to paycheck. You really don't have much left. And then what does that mean about sustainability once you have kids or once uh, the car somehow broke down and there's an accident happening, right? Or maybe your parents need, uh, your sibling need help. Now we're not having any stability at all, even though supposedly you're making good amount of income. So I even know myself, I was someone who didn't buy the expensive car. I, I still drove my little Camry back in college days throughout grad school. And when I started working, and I put all my money into my loans and paid extra into principal. So within two years, my both master's and undergrad, once I finished PA school, it was all paid off just because I don't want to feel like I'm in debt. Now, there are going to be debate, right? If your interest rate is low, maybe you put it into 
some kind of investment and then that can make you more money. But that's a completely different mindset. So would you recommend that? So I think, you know, if you have an earning potential that's above average, which typically typically comes with medical professionals, whether it's a PA or a doctor or even nurses make good money now too. If you have good earning potential, you're allowed to also make decisions based off of some emotion. So you may have said, well, I just really want to get rid of this student loan that's just bogging me down. It's a few hundred thousand dollars, very likely. And I don't want to see that on my net worth statement, or I don't want to, I just don't want to see that when I log into whatever bank I work at, you know? So you have the ability, even if it may not be perfectly financially sound, you have the ability to say, well, I'm going to do this because it just feels good to me. The argument is, well, there's an opportunity cost to everything, right? If I'm putting two, $3,000 a month towards this debt, which this debt really isn't that expensive from an interest rate perspective, I am giving up the possibility of putting this money towards something that can earn more. And yeah, you could go that route, but then you've got money going here and you've got this debt obligation that is always going to be there in the back of your mind. You know, So if you're that person that really can't separate why you're putting money towards an investment and you still have this debt that's going to be lingering for probably 15 to 20 to 30 years, if you're going the route of saying, I want to make more in the investments, I look at it in the sense of let's make sure you have goals in place, short-term goals, long-term goals, and that really helps sort things out. So if you're okay with holding on to some debt, knowing that you're building this up over here, that's fine as well. Either one works because at the end of the day, you've got the earning potential. Yeah, you kill off the student loan debt in, in two or three years, and now you can really maximize on the investment side and really start dumping money into there. I will tell you a couple years of not saving or not putting into an investment account is not going to ruin you. Okay, great. Yeah, that's good to hear, right? People might have the fear of like, oh, did I start too late or not early enough? Instead of maybe any moment to start something is good enough. Right. And what would you think about the strategy wise? Is there a certain plan that people needed to buy into from a retirement standpoint where it's like more of a conscious, oh, I need to put a certain percentage into my retirement? Yeah, I think, you know, the more the better, once again, because it comes back to the habit and you get in a good habit of saving. And so at the very, very least, I don't know if hospitals do a 401k match or a 403b match anymore. At the very least, you have to do the match. Even if you're aggressively paying on your student loans, you need to do at least the match. Well, let's say it's 3%, at least put in 3% to get that essentially free money from the company. Now, as far as the plan goes, that's kind of a, a little bit of a personal question because you can do your traditional pre-tax types of retirement plans. You can also do the, the Roth or the after-tax or the tax-free types of retirement plans. They all have their pros and cons. And so you kind of have to evaluate, well, what's my income now? What's it going to be like 30 years from now, 40 years from now when I start withdrawing on these accounts? And then also there's an element of the unknown. We don't know what tax rates are going to be when we finally do retire. And so you can err on the side of caution and say, I just don't want to worry about it. I'm going to put everything towards Roth accounts, Roth 401k, and just build up this tax-free retirement, which you're going to love once you get to it. But there is a trade-off, opportunity cost. You're missing out on some of the immediate tax benefits of putting stuff into a pre-tax 401k, 403b. So everything, no matter what, is going to have a trade-off. And ultimately, it comes down to what your 
what you're able to be okay with or what you're able to rationalize in your head. Well, yeah, I'm doing this because of this. And this is what makes sense to me. And at the end of the day, either one is financially sound, but you have to be able to live with it yourself. Exactly. What would you recommend for those of us who have our own private practice or business from in the healthcare, and now we're not with a large hospital system where they can give us the 401k? So there's some options there. I mean, if you're in a very small practice, you can just do traditional IRA Roth contributions. That's probably not enough. Right now, you're limited to about 6000 a year that you can put in if you're under the age of 50. That's not enough of a savings rate which I didn't mention when you asked that question, from a savings rate perspective, at the very least early on, it would be nice to be at that 10%, gradually growing into that closer to that 20%, 25% savings rate. Because once again, you have a lot of earning potential and you know you want to build out that lifestyle and your salary is not just going to stay stagnant either. It's going to continue to grow. If you want to have any sense of a lifestyle similar to what you had when you're working, you have to save a good amount as well. So 10% to 25%, at the very least, when you're starting out 10% and just hopefully growing that. But for small practices, you know, you can do the IRAs. Hopefully there is a plan. You can do small business retirement plans as well. So you can still have that 401k plan. If you're a sole proprietor, you can have an individual 401k, which allows you to put somewhere in the realm of up to $50,000 a year into that tax deferred, or it can be a Roth as well. So there's options there. There's an account called a SEP, self-employed IRA. That works as well. There's income limitations there, but there's a lot of options. And then once you get outside of that realm, once you max out those options, then you can go down the route of now, let me start putting money into an after-tax brokerage. Now, let me look into heavily funding a life insurance plan that's going to provide me tax-free income when I finally do retire. So, But the first thing first, Max out the things that are the most common, the pre-tax or the Roth, max those out. Then you can start looking at alternatives to really, really start building that wealth. Perfect. Thank you so much. I know there's so much more we can dive deeper into it. And especially individual goal is so different. So definitely it's good for anybody to talk to financial planner like yourself or anybody who in your local community that you trust. I also know it's hard for us to be able to be excellent in everything, right? Financial intelligence, one thing, being good as a provider is another thing, but there's so much more to life. So I asked our speaker to do a quick whole life assessment. And Merce, so when you took the assessment, any thoughts popping into your head or when you saw the result, anything you will do differently? Yeah. So I, I mean, I like to think that I'm pretty good at what I do. And obviously, like you said, you can't be perfect at everything. So when I took the assessment, the results were kind of what I thought. Health and fitness is very important to me. My wife is a marathon runner. So I want to be right there next to her when she's 90 and running her last marathon, you know? And so health and wellness is very, very important. And I work out quite a bit, but I also like to eat very well or eat everything and anything. And so that has its own issues. And so family relationships, I would say are pretty good. They weren't always good. So that's something we're working on right now with my parents and my siblings, but it's always good. I think to have an open mind as to where your weaknesses are, because everyone has a weakness and it's up to you as to whether or not you want to work on them or ignore them. 
perfectly said. The more we are understanding ourselves, self determination theory tells us the intrinsic value understood. Then we become more resilient, persistent, and perform at a higher level. So we appreciate you being here. I'm sure a lot of people are gonna wanted to talk to you individually. How could people find you and connect with you? Yeah. So the best way to reach out to us is go to our website. It is p o m wealth. So POM stands for peace of mind. So POMwealth.net. We have a blog there. We also have our podcast, which is called Secure Your Retirement. It has a ton of information uh, as far as retirement planning and everything like that. And we also on the website have a master class that my partner and I have created that kind of walks you through some of the things that you need to be thinking about as you're planning for retirement. Amazing. Everyone go check out the website, these free resources, right? The earlier we can understand how we can position ourselves in a better spot, the more freedom of your own finances and time and eventually in however you want to live, right? That's the goal is to truly have the double win as we call it on the show. So we appreciate you for joining us today until next time. And we would love for you to leave a review on iTunes for us so we can continue to provide more more fun, knowledgeable stuff that help you to build your ideal life. Bye-bye, guys. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg you probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life well this is the solution joining us inside the private Facebook group go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.